Little Fox, what is the meaning of this? Why do you speak with the voice of a wolf? And who is it that you call? I call a wolf, my father. He is my friend. A wolf? Your friend? What strange talk is this, my son? The wolf is our enemy. Kids, don't miss this exciting Indian story with Little Fox, the Sioux Indian boy. And to tell it, here is Smiling Ed McConnell. Yes, kids, you'd better come running. It's old Smiling Ed and his Buster Brown gang. I got shoes, you've got shoes. Why, everybody's got to have shoes. But there's only one kind of shoes for me. And Froggy the Gremlin. And we're going to start right out with our good story. Well, kids, old Smiling Ed has told you many stories about Little Fox, the Sioux Indian boy. So many of you liked the one about Little Fox and the wolf cub that I told more than a year ago that I decided to tell it again. One day early in spring, in search of rabbits, Little Fox went across the prairie to a large grove of timber. Once within the trees, he went softly, an arrow fitted to his bow. Now, this is a cautious rabbit. Already have I followed him for a mile, yet no sign of him have I seen. Huh? Something just ahead. I can see... A wolf! Aye! A she-wolf! And she is dead! Oh, that is a wolf cub, for I've never heard one. And there it is. I'm going to get it. <laughs> now I'm not so fierce. Oh, and what a pretty little thing it is. And so young. Perhaps I could tame it for a pet. Yes, that's what I'll do. I'll take it back to our lodge and make a pet of it. Aye, a wolf for a pet. Your father will not be happy that you bring a wolf to the lodge, grandson. Is your father not named Running Wolf because he has killed many wolves? But, Grandmother, I could tame the baby wolf and perhaps train it to hunt. And what is it my son means to do? Greetings, Running Wolf, my son. Father, I was waiting for you to come home to our lodge. I have something. Look. Eh? A wolf cub. Kill it? Oh, no, Father. I want it for a pet. A wolf for a pet? A wolf in the lodge? No, my son. He kills the deer and the buffalo, which otherwise would be food for our people. Little fox... The wolf is our enemy, and we are his. Kill this cub. Yes, Father. I will do as you say. In the morning, I will take him into the forest and... and kill him. When the father of Little Fox Running Wolf, who was chief of the tribe, spoke in that tone of voice, Little Fox knew that argument was useless. And so the next morning found him back in the woods, the wolf cub curled up in his arms. I, I cannot kill you, little one. Something tells me to keep you, to train you, to be your friend. But, but my father, I know, I'll build you a little lodge here in the forest. And around it, I'll build a strong fence of thorn bushes so nothing will harm you. No one will ever know. Each day I will shoot an extra rabbit to feed you. Yes, 
And someday you will prove a good friend to me. That I know. And I have a name for you. I shall call you Fang. Oh, I know you're going to like this story. And now, Buster Brown Shoes. They're the shoes all my Buster Brown gang choose because they're just the kind of shoes all my buddies want. Oh, they're grown-up looking. They're neat and sharp looking. And let me tell you, all my buddies who already have Buster Brown shoes know they stay nice looking longer because they're tough. Now, our announcer man will tell you where to find your Buster Brown shoe store later in our program, so keep listening carefully. And when you and Mother go to him for shoes... Remember to make sure you get real Buster Browns. Then you'll be a real member of Smiling Ed's Buster Brown gang. Just be sure you look inside the shoe for that picture of the boy and his dog. That's my dog, Tige. He lives in a shoe. I'm Buster Brown. Look for me in there, too. That's right. Look for the picture of the boy and his dog inside the shoe. Then you'll know they're genuine Buster Brown shoes. But now let's hurry back to our story. Well, when Little Fox found a cub wolf while hunting in the forest, he decided to keep it for a pet. But when his father, chief of the tribe, saw the wolf cub, he ordered Little Fox to kill it. He explained that wolves were their enemies. But when Little Fox took the wolf cub into the forest to kill it, he found he didn't have the heart to do so. Then he decided to make a place to keep it in the forest where nobody would know about it. He named the little wolf cub Fang. Little Fox fed the cub every day, and as the months went by, Fang grew very big and strong. When late fall came, the wolf and the boy hunted together, much as we use dogs for hunting. Wait a moment, Fang. Now I'm sure you lead me wrongly. There can be no rabbit in this thicket. Hi, Fang. I see no rabbit hunting here. But if you will go ahead, we'll both go ahead. On, Fang. Find the game. Oh, Fang, I see it. Stay back while I shoot. Oh, so, Fang, you were right as usual. And there lies our rabbit. Come, Fang. We will eat. And so the wolf Fang lived his strange life, for indeed he did not even know he was a wolf. Well, more months went by, and finally winter came to the prairies. Then the scourge came again to the camp of Running Wolf, famine. It was then that Running Wolf called his braves to council in the great council lodge. Braves of the Dakota! Braves of the Dakota! Once again, famine stalks our lodges. The hunting has been bad. Perhaps one of you knows what the trouble may be. I would speak. Hear the voice of Strongbow. Yesterday, Red Horse hunted with me. We went to the north of our camp. There we saw tracks of the great grizzly bear. Hear now the voice of Red Horse, so that you know I do not speak with a crooked tongue. Strongbow speaks the truth. It is seldom that the terrible grizzly bear comes to the prairie, but the snows in the mountains have been heavy. And perhaps some game was scarce for him. For we must remember the grizzly is different from the other bears. The grizzly is a meat eater. Aye, here's the cause of our trouble. No deer would stay in the places where the great bear roams. From now on, we will hunt in twos. For if we meet the great bear, 
two bulls are stronger than one. We must find game or we starve. I ask my father's permission to speak. Hey, little fox, you would speak? Yes, father. I ask your permission to hunt alone. Alone? You wish to hunt alone? Yes, father. Alone I will bring back game, I promise you. I... Perhaps it is that the boy wishes to prove he is a man grown. <laughs> you may hunt alone, little fox. Fast buffalo will hunt with jumping water. And so a busy week went past. And one evening, Running Wolf was a proud chief when he stood before the council fire and said, Tonight, around the council fire, we honor a Dakota brave. I am proud and happy to so honor my son, the boy Little Fox. Where we mighty hunters have failed, he has brought home a deer each day. And today, three fine animals felt his arrows. I would speak. Red Horse would speak. I am Red Horse, so named because my strong legs will carry me fast and far. And yet, the boy Little Fox has found more game in one day than I have found in an entire moon. I salute him. He is a mighty warrior. Now I call upon Little Fox the Hunter to speak. Stand, my son. Speak. I... I have no words to say, Father, except that these honors should not be mine. I do not deserve the honors you give to me, my father. Oh, ye, my son, you are modest as well as brave. That is good, that is good. I... Father, I am very tired. May I leave the council now and go to our lodge? Eh? You will not stay for the dancing, son? I am very tired. Then you may leave, my son. We will dance the victory dance for you, and tomorrow I will speak with you. Strike the tom-tom! Let every warrior dance the dance of victory! Now, most boys would have been very happy at the great honors heaped on Little Fox, but he wasn't. Instead, the Indian boy left the great council lodge and walked slowly through the heavy snow to his own skin-covered teepee. He threw back the flap and stepped in quietly. But as he was about to climb into his buffalo robes, his grandmother, old Telawa, spoke from the other side of the lodge. My grandson is unhappy. The slow steps tell me. What is wrong? Huh? Oh, grandmother, nothing is wrong. Something is very wrong. Tonight in the lodge, great honor was given you. You should be happy. I am not happy, grandmother. Perhaps it is because you feel the honors do not belong to you. What? Well, how did you know, Grandmother? I do the sewing in this lodge. Often when I mend the tear in your buckskin, I find gray hairs on it. There is no gray dog in our camp. You guessed rightly, Grandmother. I did not turn the wolf puppy loose. Instead, I built a lodge for him and tamed him and trained him. My father tells me to kill all wolves, yet it is a wolf who found the deer I have killed. Fang has kept our camp in meat. Even so, tell your father about this wolf you have raised. Yes. Yes, I will. I'll do more than that. Tomorrow, I will ask father to hunt with us. (laughs) 
So, Father, now we are far enough from our camp. But, my son, why do you want to hunt with me today? A moment, when... Father. Yes. You will understand everything. Uh... Little fox, what is the meaning of this? Why do you speak with the voice of the wolf? No longer can I live a lie to you, my father. My son speaks with a strange tongue I do not understand. You will understand soon, father. I hope so. For now I am puzzled and... Little fox. A wolf? Father, don't shoot him. That is Fang. Fang! I... Oh, good Fang. Good Fang. See, friend? This is my father, Running Wolf. I, I... <laughs> oh, hush, Fang. Let me kill this wolf. No, father. This is the one who found the deer I killed. Watch. Fang. Go, Fang! Go, Fang! Find game! Oh! Why? Why, it is almost as though the wolf sets out on a trail. That is what he is doing. Follow me, Father. We may find a deer to kill for me. Little fox, this is foolish to follow that wolf. Please, Father, trust me. Trust Fang. He's the one who finds the game for which you gave me honor. But he leads us to a big clump of woods. And see, the snow is smooth, son. There is not a track in it. I know that, Father. But I have long since learned to trust Fang. If he leads me, I follow him. Quiet now, my father. Fang enters the woods. And we must go with him. See, little box. Your wolf returns. Huh? What? What is it, Fang? What is wrong? Father, he wants us to follow him closely through the timber. My son, this is nonsense. The wolf Please, does not... Father, uh, a little farther. What? Lead, I will follow. Come, it will only be a moment, I know. Now, Father, to the trees. I dear, six, eight... Uh, Fifteen deer, son. A deer park, Father. There was some grass under the snow in this woods and bark to eat. Those deers came in here before the last snow. Uh, that is why there were no tracks. With an arrow to your bowstring, son. Here is meat for the whole camp until the snow melts. Their bows working with tremendous speed, Little Fox and Running Wolf had little trouble taking the deer Fang had led them to. Then they sent up a smoke signal for the other hunters to come and help with the skinning. They were busily at work skinning the deer when Strongbow and Red Horse, who had seen the signal, joined them. Hey, Running Wolf, 15 dead deer. This is hard to believe. Uh, enough to feed our camp until... Uh... Look out! A wolf! No, Red Horse, don't shoot. That is flying my pet. My son speaks the truth. The wolf found the deer for us. Uh, but the wolf, he is our enemy. I do not know if it is good to have a wolf for friend. He is a good animal, Red Horse. Never has Fang attacked another animal. Always he tracks them down. Then it is my bow that kills. Such may be good, for here are fifteen deer. But it is hard to believe a wolf can be good friend. I, too, did not believe <laughs> until I... Look, the great grizzly bear. Quickly, if we all shoot together, four arrows will kill it. Wait, wait. Perhaps it will not attack. Stand, Fang. Do not go near. The bear will kill you easily. I see. The bear prepares to charge. It is a monster. Four arrows will never bring it down. Father, I can send Fang to attack. Eh? He will keep the bear busy. We can then shoot more arrows. The bear. He charges. Go, Fang. Attack. Uh, 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 shoot. Shoot quickly. Uh, 
Squeaky the mouse? Oh, you want me to sing about the preacher and the bear? <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, you think it's a nice song too, Midnight the Cat. Well, we'll sing about the preacher and the bear a little later, but first, let's bring in our announcer man to tell us where to get Buster Brown's shoes. With the picture of Buster Brown and his dog, Tig, inside the shoe. That's my dog, Tig. He lives in a shoe. I'm Buster Brown. Look for me in there, too. That's right, Buster Brown. Come on in, Mr. Announcer. Yes, Wildin' Ed, I'll tell your buddies how to find the store that sells Buster Brown shoes. It's easy, kids. Here's all you have to do. Just pick up your telephone book, then turn to the yellow pages until you come to the heading of shoes. There, under the heading of shoes, you'll find the name Buster Brown. And right below that, the name and address of the store nearest you that sells these swell Buster Brown shoes. And kids, when Mother takes you in for fine new Buster Brown shoes, she can be sure they'll be fitted scientifically in just the right size, width, and last that you need to let your feet grow right. And believe me, that's something Mother will want to know. And remember, too, kids, that all the Buster Brown dealers are Smiling Ed's buddies. Now, when you find the name of the store nearest you, write it down and be all set to buy Smiling Ed's Buster Brown shoes. Everybody at Smiling Edge knows just where to get Buster Brown shoes. And I want you to remember that, too, kids, because next week I'm going to have a big free surprise for you. Be sure to listen next week. And now, kids, here's a song about the preacher and the bear. 
Well, the preacher went out walking, was on a Sunday morning. Of course, was against his religion, but he took his gun along. Well, he shot himself some mighty fine quail and one big measly hare. But on the way, returning home, he met a great big grizzly bear. The bear marched out in the middle of the road, and he looked at the preacher, you see. Well, the preacher got so excited that he climbed up a simmon tree. Well, the bear scratched down around on the ground, the preacher climbed out on a limb. Then he cast his eyes to the Lord in the skies, and these words said to him, Oh, Lord, didn't you deliver Daniel from the lion's den? And also deliver Jonah from the belly of the whale, and then three Hebrew children from the fiery furnace, so the good book do declare. But, Lord, if you can't help me, for goodness sake, don't you help that bear? Oh, Mr. Bear, please let me get out of this tree. I got to go home. Oh, please, Mr. Bear, go away, will you, please? Nice bear, nice bear. Oh, maybe I can fool him. Uh, 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 Mr. Bear, if you go away, I'll tell you where there's a beehive plumb full of honey. Oh, 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 that'll get him, that'll get him, Mr. Bear. Mr. Bear, there's a beehive plumb full of honey over behind the schoolhouse. Oh, oh, there you go, he's going away, he's going away. Now let me sneak down out of this tree and run home like a dickens. Down now. Ain't old bear can get the best of me. I'm smart. I'm just smart. Oh, no, I ain't. No, I ain't. There he is again. Oh, 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 Lord, didn't you deliver Daniel from the lion's den? And also deliver Jonah from the tummy of the whale. And then three Hebrew children from the fiery furnace. So the good book do declare. But, Lord, if you can't help me, for goodness sake, don't you help that bear. <laughs> Oh, my, that old preacher was a mess, wasn't he? I bet he went to church next Sunday, all right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, Squeaky's in my house. I know Alkali Pete, the old cowboy's coming here today. Nice. Yes, he's very nice, Midnight the Cat. And now I guess I'd better find that Froggy the Gremlin. Are you ready to become visible, Froggy? I'm ready, I am, I am. Okay, watch him closely over there, kids. He becomes visible in a flash. Plunk your magic finger, Froggy. Oh, my goodness, there he is. He just pops up so quick you can hardly see him. Isn't he a funny-looking little old gremlin with his big pop eyes and that little red jacket? Why, he isn't any bigger than a kitten. Now, quit jumping around out there, Froggy, and quit sticking your tongue out at those kids. Oh, my goodness, kids. Here comes Alkali Pizza Cowboy. Well, well, well. Howdy, partners, howdy. Yes, sir, it's your old sidekick, Alkali Pete, ready to tell you about the old Wild West. Now, there were a lot of bandits in the old West, and the way bandits would hold up a train... They'd lift it off the tracks. Yep, they'd lift it off the tracks. No, no. <laughs> when you say hold up, it don't mean you lift the train. First, the bandit would load his six-gun. Why did he need six guns? He didn't have six guns. He carried two six-guns. That made 12 guns. Sure, that made 12 guns. No! <laughs> six guns shoot six bullets. At the same time. Yep, shoot six bullets at the same time. No, no! <laughs> That's wrong. Now, listen. You put six shells in the gun. Seashells. Certainly seashells. No! <laughs> shells are bullets. Oh, forget about guns. Let's get back to the bandits robbing the train. 
Now, first, the bandits tie handkerchiefs around their heads to cover their noses. That's right, the train smells. That's right, the train smells. No! No! Ah, forget about robbing trains, too. I'll tell my partners about how the Indians lived in the Old West. What did they live in? The Indians lived in teepees. Now, teepees are tents that look like ice cream cones turned upside down. Does that answer your question, Froggy? Sure. They lived in ice cream cones. That's right. Absolutely right. They lived in ice cream... No! They did not. I didn't say that. Now, these Indians used to catch wild horses. They rode the horses bareback. They didn't have any shirts on. That's right. The Indians didn't have any shirts on. No! 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 Why That's wrong. The Indian didn't have a bear back. The horse was bear. You said he was a horse. He is a horse. But you said he was a bear. Of course, the horse was a bear. No! no. <laughs> the horse is a horse, but his back was bear. They shaved his back. That's right. He gave the horse a shave and a haircut. <laughs> Two bits. No, no, no. Forget about the horse. Now, along the coast, the Indians fished and caught dogfish. For the fish bark. Yep, the fish bark. No! <laughs> fish didn't do anything of the kind. In the lakes, the Indians caught catfish. With kittens. Sure, they had kittens. No, no, no. Never mind the fish, you crazy gremlin. The Indian braves made bows and arrows, and some braves made better bows. Because they were bow-legged. Because they were bow-legged. No! <laughs> they were not. In the Indian tribes, they called a baby a papoose. He was called a papoose. He had a puss like his pappy. Yes, sir, he had a puss like his pappy. No! No! Not necessarily. He might look like his mother, who was called a squaw. They called her a squaw. Because she squalled. When she squalled, of course. No! She didn't squall. She vamoose. I mean, she papoose. No! She got sleepy in her teepee. No, <laughs> what I mean is he got cold feet for kept his wigwam. Oh, God. let me out of it. <laughs> oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Froggy the Gremlin, you're a mess. <laughs> Poor old Alkali Pete. And now, kids, before I tell you what we're going to do next Saturday, I want to remind you that we're buddies and we stick together. When it comes to new shoes, it's nothing but Buster Brown shoes for us. Buster Brown shoes make you a real member of the gang. Yes, sir, they're the shoes that all us Smile and Ed's Buster Brown gang wear because they're the shoes that are right for my buddies. They're right because they're so grown-up looking. And they feel good. And they wear good. So remember what old Smiling Ed tells you. When you see your Buster Brown shoe man, you tell him you want Buster Browns and nothing but Buster Brown. And then you want to remember to look inside the shoe, right where your heel goes, to see that picture of Buster Brown and his dog, Tig. That's my dog, Tig. He lives in a shoe. I'm Buster Brown. Look for me in there, too. That's right. Look for the picture of the boy and his dog inside the shoe. Then you'll know you got genuine Buster Brown shoe. And now, buddies, we are really going to have a wonderful time next Saturday. Funny old Mr. Gymnasium, that great athletic instructor, will be here. <laughs> Bet Froggy mixes him up. 
And we have an exciting story for you about little Gonga and his great bull elephant, Tila. You always like that. So whatever you do, don't miss us, because I'm going to have a... Listen, I'm going to have a big free surprise for you, too. Free. Now, has everybody had fun around here today, huh? Yeah. Don't forget church or Sunday school, and be listening next Saturday when you hear "Hi, kids, come a running." A happy gang of Buster Brown. The Buster Brown Show, starring Marlonette McConnell, is produced in Hollywood by Frank Farron and is directed by Hobart Donovan. <laughs> <laughs>